I'd like to begin my homily with a caveat. I'm going to preach today on what we believe in, specifically in the Apostles' Creed. Now, there are some who might think that I'm choosing to preach this homily because I am looking at the state of the world and I believe that the end times are upon us. I promise you that's not the reason why I'm preaching this homily. I'm preaching this homily today because the readings afford us the opportunity to reflect on the judgment of the living and the dead. Our readings today offer us the opportunity to reflect on Christ's return in glory. Do I believe Christ's return is imminent? Do I think that he's going to be coming back tomorrow? He could. I don't know if he is. I doubt that he is. But he could. He could surprise all of us. So I'm not preaching this homily because of the signs of the times, but rather because of what the lectionary today affords us. What is it that we profess? We profess it in the Apostles' Creed. We say, I believe that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. And at the very end, we say, I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. That's what we profess our belief in. Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. There is life everlasting in the resurrection of the body. What does this mean? You know, we say this often, especially if you pray the rosary, if you pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Sometimes at Mass, I use the Apostles' Creed. And we say these words, and do we think about what it is that we're saying? Do we think about what it is that we really believe in? And maybe even further, do we actually believe what we say that we believe in? Are we just reciting the words that we learned long ago and we're saying them now because that's what's expected of us? That's what we're supposed to be doing because we're standing with everybody else in the body of the church or we're following along on this radio program. Do we really believe that? What do we mean by it? Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. Yes. What does that mean? means Jesus is going to come back. That Jesus has left the world. He left the world through the ascension. He remains in the world through the celebration of the sacraments, through the Eucharist that we celebrate, through his presence in the Holy Eucharist reserved in the tabernacle at church. Jesus is still with us sacramentally, but he's going to come again to judge the living and the dead. And you can read all in the Gospels and in the Scriptures, what that expectation is like. That Jesus will come on the clouds with the angels around him, and it will be triumphal as Jesus returns in glory. Jesus will come back. We hear that a little bit in our second reading today. The Lord himself, with the word of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven. So at some appointed time, Jesus will return. Now, this was something that the early church, St. Paul believed in something that we call the imminent parousia. That means the immediate return of Christ in glory. It's why in one of his letters he wrote and he said, it is better for you to remain celibate, to remain unmarried, because Jesus is going to be returning. Now, we are 2,000 years removed from the Christ event, from his incarnation, from his death on the cross, from his resurrection and ascension, from the preaching of the early apostles and those that they handed that ministry on to. So maybe it wasn't an 
imminent, an immediate parousia, the return of Christ in glory. So, with everyone, really, we await the return of Jesus, knowing that, as we profess, he will come one day to judge the living and the dead. What else do we know about this? We do not know the day or the hour. Isn't that what our gospel says today? The gospel says, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So, what's that mean? It means, well, live your life according to the way of God. Don't expect that at the end of your life, you're going to be given a chance to repent, that you're going to know when you're going to die. Because Jesus could come back right now and the question would be, are we ready for the return of Christ in glory? Are you spiritually in a place to say, yes, Jesus, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, I want you right now. Or are you saying, I have a lot of work to do to get ready for the coming of Jesus. I am not ready. I am like one of those people that went to the store with my oil jar to get more oil because I was empty, that we weren't attentive, that we weren't alert. We do not know the day when Jesus will return. It will come at the unexpected hour. This is what a cardinal of the church, Cardinal Christoph Schonburn of Vienna. I would just like to share a little bit of what he wrote about this topic. The day of the Lord promised in the Old Testament is in the New Testament, identified with the day of the Son of Man, the day of Jesus Christ. Its coming is portrayed in various images. It comes like a thief, like a snare, and suddenly, and you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So then, how do we know? People often talk about those signs of the times. Can we know? Can we predict to a certain degree if Jesus is coming? Probably not. This is what Cardinal Shinburn says. The discourse in Jerusalem before the Passion mentions signs by which the coming of the parousia may be known. False messiahs appear. The whole world is filled with wars. There are earthquakes and famines. Christians are persecuted. The holy places are laid waste. These are all signs that then the end will come. So it seems like those are all negative signs. And maybe you're thinking, well, maybe we have some of that right now. But listen to Cardinal Schoenbrunn says positive signs are also mentioned. First, the gospel must be preached throughout the whole world. Paul promises the conversion of Israel as a sign of the end. Precisely these last signs seem particularly open to a certain degree of measurability. They even seem to articulate historical conditions. As long as Israel has not been converted, Christ cannot return. As long as the gospel has not been preached everywhere, the parousia cannot occur. We don't know the day, but Cardinal Schoenburn saying, well... When the gospel is preached to every land, it would almost seem that when the whole world is Christified, when the whole world comes to believe and acknowledge Jesus, that's when the parousia will happen. That's when Christ will come in glory. Are we there yet? Probably not. What else do we believe about Christ's return in glory? It is piously believed that Jesus will come from the east that he will return from the east, the rising sun, that just as the sun rises in the east, so too will the Son of Man, as he comes in glory, will come from the east. This is often why churches are oriented to the east, 
as a way that when we celebrate the Mass that we are awaiting the return of Christ in glory. It's why often in our cemeteries people are buried facing the east so that they will rise and they will see Christ coming in glory. There's a story in Ireland, in Ballintober. There was a man who was a priest bounty hunter. Basically, the Irish government said, give us the head of a priest and we will pay you. They wanted to suppress Christianity. So this gentleman who was the priest bounty hunter came to Ballintober, killed the priest, and the people captured him. He was put to death, buried in the cemetery, and as the tradition holds, he's buried facing the West. He's buried the opposite way of everybody else, so that when Christ comes in glory, he will be facing the other direction. It's a pretty crazy story. People that hold grudges don't believe in forgiveness. But it illustrates this belief. Christ will return coming from the East, piously believed year after year, century after century. What else do we believe? Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. And, you know, some of us are going to die. Lots of people, 2,000 years of history, people have died before the return of Christ in glory. And so they've gone out to meet Jesus in what we call the particular judgment. But for those who remain, well, then we will have the universal judgment. We will have our judgment as the body of Christ here on earth. There will be that judgment did you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul? Did you love your neighbor as yourself? We will be judged. What else do we believe? The dead will be awakened. We heard that in our second reading. The Lord himself, with a word of command, with the voice of an angel, and with the trumpet of God, will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will be awakened. Do you know in the Gospels, at the resurrection of Jesus, the dead were coming out of their tombs. So the resurrection of the dead. Lazarus came forth from the tomb. The widow of Nain's son came forth from the coffin, not even yet buried. The dead will rise. They will be reunited that as body and soul have been separated, that at the final end, at Christ's return in glory, the body and soul will be reunited. In the grotto at the cemetery in Brussels, two angels are there with trumpets. It's because they will come and they will blare that trumpet and that trumpet will awaken the dead. And those who have died in Christ will be taken up together. And we then will be, who are left, will be taken up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air we will always be with the Lord. That's what St. Paul says. That's what we believe. The dead will be reunited body and soul. That's what the resurrection of the body means. There's only two people, resurrected bodies and eternal life. One is a divine person, Jesus. The second, the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the Assumption, Christ brought her body and soul into heaven. And so what God accomplished in the person of Mary, our fellow pilgrim on earth, God wants to accomplish in you and in me, that he will at the end bring us body and soul into everlasting life. You see, Jesus died on the cross. He was taken down from the cross. 
Joseph of Arimathea said, I want to bury Jesus in my grave. His body then is taken to that grave, placed in the tomb. And on the third day, he bursts forth. That stone is removed. He lays his burial cloths there and he rises from the dead. Right now as a church, really, we are in those three days. We are in those three days in which Christ glorified dead, but yet he descended to the depths of the netherworld and then he ascended into heaven and he opened the gates of heaven and he told that good thief at the crucifixion that today you'll be with me in paradise. That happened in those three days between the crucifixion and the resurrection. Right now we are in those three days waiting for Christ to return, waiting for him to awaken all of the dead so that we might participate in Christ's resurrection, that we too, body and soul, will be united in the kingdom of heaven. This is what we believe in. And today, as you profess the creed, as you profess the Apostles' Creed, pay attention to those words and ask yourself, do I believe this? And hopefully you'll be able to say, yes, Lord, I do believe. Yes, Lord, I can't wait to live with you forever in heaven.